when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, however you choose to identify, folks, we're back. It's Biscuits. There's a colon. There's a hockey podcast. And we come to you with a lot to talk about in one hour. There's the playoffs. Bill Peters got a job that I think he's been preparing for since February. Uh, Chuck Fletcher's fired. And we will get to the Sedins before the first break, their impact on hockey, them retiring, all that sort of stuff. But... Um, off the bat, we all got to say hi to Sean because there's good news and bad news for Sean. The good news is Sean gets a Game 7. Sean loves Game 7. It's the only Game 7 of this wretched, terrible first round of the playoffs. But the bad news is that Sean, he has watched the Bruins, the team he picked to win the series, blow a 3-1 lead, and now they might lose the series. So I hope you're doing okay up there in, in the Ottawa vice office. It, not only did I pick them to win the series, I picked them to win in six games. So <laughs> they blew it. They blew it, but you know what? They, the Bruins and the Leafs are taking one for the team here because somebody had to rescue this dud of a first round. Yeah, we need something. And so here we are. We get we get a game seven. How do you feel? One. How do you feel? Because I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I hate this. I'm I'm I don't enjoy (laughs) a second of the hockey playoffs. It's awful. Come on, you you when 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 Placanis put the puck in the empty net last night, there was there was a little bit of joy. You might have smiled, right? You might have looked over to your son and said, oh, "This is what it feels like to be happy about our hockey team, boy." Right? Right? Yeah. Um, and he looked he looked back at me and he was like, "Dude, I'm seven years old. I shouldn't be still awake <laughs> watching sports at ten o'clock." And uh, uh, yeah, no, you know what? It's it's uh, uh, I'm obviously happy to see this going to a game seven given where it was two games ago or given even where it was this time last week uh and now who knows mm-hmm. who knows man at this point could go either way the bruins could bruins could not have played a better game in game six and still lost lost comfortably weirdly in a way the bruins like the, the bruins have been the better team oh yeah in this series even beyond the first two games i mean obviously the first two games we're not close but even even since then you know like if you're if you're a Bruins fan you're watching this series going okay if if we keep playing like this we should be okay but your problem is now it's it's hockey and you're down to one game and you can be the best team and have home ice and have last line change and and all of that and it basically adds up to you know what like 55 percent chance right <laughs> you get a slightly weighted coin you flip it once and uh then but they were crushing them though it wasn't even 50 it was like at 70 percent. i think at one point the shot attempts it's maybe like right before uh marner made it two to one but think about all the times mm-hmm. like i i don't know if you've ever done this playing hockey or if anyone listening has done this playing hockey but when you when you size up a goalie and you take a shot and you go for the five hole mm-hmm. and you get it through his legs and it goes wide there's no worse feeling in the world. Like you've you've done your job. You aim the puck where you wanted it to go, and somehow it, it just takes a huge like left turn or right turn and doesn't go in. I, I want to know if, what what teams' records are in games where they do that, where they shoot, they aim five hole, it goes through the legs, it goes wide, and they and do they win that game ever? Because I feel like that's too demoralizing to come back from. You're just like what? You should get a half yeah. a goal for that or something. I don't know. Maybe well, then maybe maybe Frederick Anderson did that on purpose because yeah. you're like it was it was the Brad Marchand. Uh, 
I, I almost said the Brad Marchand goal last night. Because, <laughs> it it <laughs> because he goes in, he shoots, and I mean, it's not, you know, like Brad Marchand's a good player, but it's not like he had this tiny little five hole to shoot at. He had mm-hmm. half the net available to him and and beats Frederick Anderson clean almost. And then it, uh, I think the puck like clicks off his skate or something. But if that, if that, and then goes just wide, if that had gone in, we all would have been like, that's a terrible goal. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a crusher. And yet it doesn't go in. And, you know, I've been having this conversation on, on Twitter this morning with people, which is like, how do you feel as a Leaf fan? How do you feel about Frederick Anderson? Because right now the, like the, the storyline that's getting built up is he's back. He's stealing games. He's mm. making 40 saves. And I'm still like, I mean, a save's a save. And at this point, you know, you you don't care how they get made in terms of what happened in the last game. But when when you're trying to figure out what's going to happen in the next game, I'm I'm still not getting that that vibe. So you, I mean, you tell me. I haven't watched it because maybe this is just me being a negative Leaf fan and no, I and get it. Looking for something to. No, you got a point. Yeah, he does. He's he's got that thing going on where it's like going back to that that there's the first game in the series they won where he stopped like 44 or 46 and looked terrible doing it like right. he, maybe that's just how he is maybe that's just how he looks like he's when just he, a, i mean a lot of times when he looks good he's he's you know he's like most goalies like some there are nights where you're like they're not beating this guy like not not clean they're gonna need a bounce or or something but i mean this series like every shot in his glove pops out Every time the puck goes behind the net, he's <laughs> like, he gets this look like a dog when you fake like you're going to throw the tennis ball and then you don't throw it. <laughs> and he's just completely throwing off, which cost them a goal in, in game five. He's, you know, he he's, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, again, you, you'll take it. Nobody's going to, if, if, if he can do it again and win game seven, nobody's going to be sitting there going, well, yeah, but he didn't, you know, here's yeah. how he looked on saves. But I'm just like I'm seeing a lot of otherwise pretty smart people who seem to be like, ah, man, Leaf's got the hot goalie going into this. I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. I just think if you're a goalie of a certain height, you always just look awkward moving around. Like Pekka Rene looks like that even when yeah. he's on. You know, like pucks hit his glove yeah. and they kind of fall out. But like at the end of the night, he stopped like 38 of 39 in the Preds won two to one. Maybe it's just like a tall European goaltending style to look like you're vulnerable. Like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And then, you know, you completely demoralize the other team by stopping 98% of shots in the game. Maybe that's the strategy. I don't know, man. It could be. That could maybe, be what it maybe is. That's, maybe that's what's going on. You know what else, too? So, you know what else the Bruins? I, they must have missed the net on like five golden point blank chances last night. There yeah. was Marshan. Um, I think the Marchand miss happened like right after Marchand had a he made the glove save. By the way, that glove save is 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 a product of being a goaltender your whole life and knowing that the one spot that guy's going to shoot for is your glove at that point. He's not going stick side. He's not going five hole. You know where he's going. He just threw the glove up there and was like, I hit my glove, which was a great save. And then Marchand missed the net later. Then Wingles on the doorstep was just I don't know if he was just they, not they, expecting they, it. Hitting posts, posts. Yeah. Um, Pasternak missed the net a couple times. So. Again, this is why hockey is kind of corny and bad sometimes because anyone can win. But now in the playoffs, when it's game seven, yeah, if the Bruins run the show again for 70% of the shot attempts, maybe Tuca lets in a bad one. And maybe Freddie mm-hmm. has a couple of pucks hit him in the face or something. And hey, you win two to one in Boston. And everyone's. I really thought not having Kadri was going to be the difference. And maybe it still is. Maybe they lose in seven and you can go back and look and say, oh, they might have won yeah. one of those games without Kadri. But. You got Kadri back now, and it's Game Seven, and who and and I will say this: it, I think the last period of of last night's game was the best period the Leafs have played in the series, because that was one where I mean, you look at how even the games that the Leafs have won, it's basically been the Leafs getting a lead, and then the Bruins just coming at them in waves, and you were kind of ready for that again last night. And it didn't really happen in the third. I mean, the, the Bruins certainly had their chances. They looked gassed. They looked exhausted. But, the Bruins looked dominant yet tired at times. Like like Bergeron, he's clearly playing hurt. But there were a lot of times when the Bruins were like pushing, and Bergeron was like, "Yeah, my shift's over. You, someone else come out because he's probably something's yeah. wrong." And that may be taking its toll over the course and of that's, the game. 
that's been the biggest story in the series is that Bergeron line because I mean first two games there were the Harlem Globetrotters out there at some point presumably in game three something happens to Bergeron we don't know what uh but they've they've basically he misses game four but the three games that they've been together games three five and six they haven't that, that line doesn't have a point and every guy on the line has been a minus in every game, which, you know, normally plus minus is not a good stat, but you're, this is the Bergeron line. They don't get scored on five on five. And yet they're all minuses each and every game. And and again, that's misleading to an extent because they've had a ton of chances. Pasternak and Marchand especially have been all over the place. But, I mean, clearly something is wrong with Patrice Bergeron and, and you know, you you shudder to think what it is given that we know what this guy's played through in the past with punctured lungs and separated shoulders and all this other stuff for him to have missed a game. I don't know. We'll find out at some point whether that's after a game seven loss or whether it's weeks down the line. It's almost like the Blackhawks cup final series where Bergeron gets hurt and suddenly the Bruins just aren't the same because he's such a big part of the situation. But let me Mm -hmm. ask you this as, as, I was thinking this last night because you're 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 pretty much always on the side of Toronto when it comes to reviews. You think they're right every time. You're a huge Colin Campbell fan. You you're in the fan yeah. club. When you say I'm on the side of Toronto, you mean the league, the city, the league, the team, the whole thing. You you're just I love. Believe, I, I think the term you used was a stooge. You are a a stooge right. for hockey ops. You love what they do. So I'm wondering if if that you think that helped when Patrick Marlowe destroyed David Backus when the net was empty and they were moving down for the empty net goal. Because otherwise, you're playing six on four against the Bruins for like 45 seconds to a minute. Do, do you feel like you may have won the game for the for the Leafs in Game Six? You know, feel like it may have. Like, you know, I, I mean, that was a that was a minor <laughs> impact on the play that led directly. That was to the best. The best was like people were like, "Oh, David Backus is a big guy. He's he probably just diving." Like, did you see what Marlowe did to Chara like a game ago? Like, pa- yeah. Patrick Marlowe's a stri- he has old man strength. Like, he can knock anybody down at any time. He is. And it was, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, and, and yeah, so he he runs the pickup. But this is, you know, there's been a ton of this in the playoffs. And, you know, I I know we do this every year, but it feels like this year, especially so with bad. people complain. You know, everybody complains about the reps because everybody always thinks their team are such wonderful good boys and the other team are are so mean and should should get all the penalties. But it feels like this year the theme has kind of been referees not wanting to decide the game and so not calling things and then by not calling them either it directly influencing the game or or creating a situation where they could be changing the result and yeah last night was one of them look leaf fans were furious with the officiating for like the first 58 minutes of of last night and and there certainly were some some calls that went against them uh that were questionable but then you get that call at the end of the game where, you know, clearly that's a penalty. But the official is looking at that going, if I call a penalty on the Leafs for interference at their own blue line, now it's six on four. Bruins tie the game, win in overtime. They've won the series. My call just changed the entire course of, of a playoff series. But then the Leafs go down and score 10 seconds later. And, right. you know, it's, it's not similar it to that too. Same, same as the 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 Chris Letang play in the yeah. in the Pittsburgh series. Same as you know in 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 the Leaf series or in in the Leafs Boston series in Game Five. Was it Game Five? Yeah, Game Five when the Leafs were up four one, and David Backus goes out and tries to start a scrum, tries to start a fight. Which fine, that's you know that happens in hockey, and it, it ends with Jake Gardner getting punched right in the face by Zdeno Chera, who's I'm told a pretty big guy, kind of yeah, hard to miss. I could take him. And, and the, and they, and they even it up because it's four to one at that point. And you figure, okay, we don't want to, you know, put the Bruins shorthanded again, but then the Bruins score twice and now it's four, three. And, and that ends up almost helping to decide a game. That one though, because, that one I didn't mind though, because if two guys are engaged, you can't go over and grab the guy from behind. Like that's that's no, what you, you, that, that's what you do like, in a bar fight. You don't do I don't that. Only Jake Gardner getting a penalty, but two guys are engaged because the Bruin has started the altercation with somebody who yeah. was trying to get away from it. Jake Gardner goes in, yeah, give him a penalty, but then he gets punched in the mouth. That's 
that should probably also oh did char not get anything for that char didn't get anything oh i didn't realize that oh my bad yeah that's that's stupid then yeah. that's that's and, really and then bad you had the, the really weird one last night with uh is it, it it was back as again wasn't it with the elbow oh that was gutless refereeing man that was so gutless because like like i understand that you know um Polak, he's an idiot and goes over and and messes up the whole situation but that's that's an easy you know two minutes for elbowing yeah. two minutes for roughing and then matching minors for roughing and then well that's and, easy. and i mean Polak, you're right like he he probably could have just skated away and taken the taken the power play guaranteed but he didn't do all that much like right. it's not like he threw a punch he went over and kind of did the like all right uh, you hit our goalie so i have to sort of make some sort of show out of wrestling with you a little bit but he didn't yeah. you know it's not like he went in and started started throwing haymakers but then they give both he and back is roughing minors and they don't call the original elbow but i think they did i think i think i think they rationalized it as the elbow was roughing and then roman yeah. Pollock going over was also roughing which is stupid because like the referee is, points to his yeah. elbow as he's making the call but like that's but not, apparently they that's did because originally they had it listed in the in the game file and and you know, I don't. I, I I know the game. The game sheet from uh, from the NHL isn't necessarily uh, you know directly from from the officials, but they did have it listed as uh, originally they had it as Backus roughing on Anderson, but then they switched it and it was Backus and Pollock together. So I don't know. It was just it was one of those. You know, th- this is the thing. Look, if you're a hockey fan, you want to complain about refereeing, go ahead. It's your God-given right, especially in the playoffs, to hate everything the refs do. Just don't bundle it up as some sort of they're out to get my team conspiracy. Because this stuff always happens on both sides. There's, you know, if you're a Leafs fan, you had 58 minutes to be mad about the refereeing last night. And if you're a Bruins fan, you have every right to be furious that the Leafs scored the clinching goal on an obvious penalty. And I don't, you know, this... We like to say it evens up over the course of a series. No, it doesn't. Not necessarily. But nobody's, you know, nobody's out to get your team. Nobody's trying to make sure that one team or the other goes through. It's just bad refereeing. It's just... And you sound ridiculous when you when you say that. So I'm assuming you weren't watching because it was at the same time. But the beginning of the third period of Caps Blue Jackets game six last night. Caps go to the third period up two goals, and there's like 17 minutes to go. The puck's behind the Caps net, and Matt Calvert takes what is the the most objectively obvious tripping penalty I've ever seen. He just puts his – it's a can opener plus like a little trip of the skate blade. It's got everything going on, and I think it was Christian Jews goes down. Puck comes free. Calvert, I think, is the one who gets it, centers it, score, and it's a one-goal game. And you're just like – you know for a fact if that was a 2-2 game or if it was a different score, if it wasn't a two-goal margin, the referee's instantly putting his arm up. But because it was a two-goal game and they don't want to make it a three-goal game with another Cavs power play, they, they don't call it, and then suddenly it's a one-goal game. It didn't matter because, as you know, this year's Washington Capitals are different, Sean. This is going to be the year where they finally do it. They finally get over the hump. They, they were down 2-0. They were in overtime in game three. One four straight. The Penguins are weak. They're falling apart. They're soft. They're injured. Getting Malkins hurt. This is the year. Never in doubt. This is the year. Never, 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 never for a moment did I. Well, maybe, maybe I can think when they were down two nothing, I might have doubted it. But it's still. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Last, last. I think the last show they were down two zero, two nothing. But even then, you know, we were still going. It's not over because I'm not like I'm. I'm not driving the bandwagon like you are, but I'm kind of hop on, buddy. Sitting quietly in the back, just you know, and like I said, when I like I tweeted this out, and this is this is gonna, I I, I swear this is gonna this is gonna go down in the history books as my I saw my that best yeah. tweet because yeah. before overtime of Game Three, I said if the Capitals score here, they're gonna win the Stanley Cup. If they get scored on, they're gonna get swept, and they'll probably implode the entire roster. You did it. No pressure. You're, <laughs> you know, you, like you did and, it. And, they they score and they go on win four straight win the series. Here we go. When they win the Stanley Cup, do you think they invite us to the parade? Do you think we get our own float for being such? I mean, I think we get supporters? rings. Well, yeah, uh, but I mean, the parade's more for the the players. I think the rings are more quietly for us behind the scenes. Yeah. Do they want us on the like? Because I'm sure fans want to meet us at this point, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I think yeah, I could see that. I could see like Ovechkin. I'm so calling pumped. you out. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped for the series again. I, I'm so I'm I'm such an idiot. So what is on a scale of one to ten? What's your confidence level? The Capitals are going to 
So two years ago, I would say my confidence level, I don't, I don't know. Well, two years ago, I wasn't really thinking about it. Two years ago, it was probably at like a six and a half, a seven, somewhere yeah. in there. Last year, oh, it was at like a nine, 9.5. Like they got Shattenkirk, you know, they, they were so much deeper. They didn't have to play Brooks Arpic as much, all that sort of stuff. And then the Caps, you know, they, they crapped their pants. They came back and then they, you know, did what they usually do and they, they rolled over. But this year they haven't shown rolling over signs. Even in game six when they, they made it a one-goal game, they said, you know what, we're going to score the next two because we have Chandler Stevenson. Whoever that guy is, great, great for Chandler Stevenson. Nice little shorthanded semi-Kucherov move on the breakaway I thought was pretty nice. And now this year, I'm, I'm going to put it at, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident am I in the Caps getting to the third round? On a scale of 1 to 10, I'll say 10.3. Wow. That's how confident I am. I can. Braden Holpe's rested. He's sharp. He's coming in hot. He's, he's rested all right. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I understand that he was rested because he was so bad the last two months, but you know what? You take a negative and turn it into a positive. That's what the Caps do now. <sighs> this is why you're driving and I'm you know, I, like I'm like a 5.2 out of 10. Oh, but man. for the Capitals, that's enormous confidence. I mean, that's, I don't know. We, I mean, we can't have, the Leafs can't win a game seven in Boston and the Capitals <laughs> beat the Penguins in the second round. Oh, like I feel like both. This, this is the year, man. Vegas, Vegas is undefeated in its playoff history. San Jose is going to get to the, the 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 two best teams in hockey once again are playing in the second round of the playoffs in the West. Weirdness. This is what the hockey playoffs are all about. And what's weirder than the Caps beating the Penguins in the second round of the playoffs? So how does it go down? Do you, if, do do the Caps fans get like a nice, clean, relatively um, worry-free win, or does this have to go like? super dramatic in the other direction? Oh, that's a good question because they, they can't go down 2-0 again. They're not going to do the comeback from 2-0 thing twice in a row, especially not against the Penguins. I say how it goes down is Caps win the first two games of the series, lose the next two games, and then they win five and six. They, they close it out in Pittsburgh. That's how it's going to go down. All right. Whatever. No I'll one, take that. Whatever. I'll no, take that. That's no one's gonna remember this. I can say whatever I want. It's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just. You're. You, you're, I'm, you're, you're I'm picking the Titans, aren't I'm, you? As I'm trying to make these predictions, I'm getting. I, I'm. I'm getting that sinking feeling because I remember before the start of the Toronto Boston series, somebody asked me like, "What's, what's the worst thing that could happen to the Leafs?" And I think I said go down 3-1 in the series, come back to force a game seven, <laughs> and then blow a 5-1 lead in game seven. <laughs> and I was trying to be a smart ass, and now I'm... Here you are. Kinda, <laughs> I'm sort of having that sinking feeling. And So what uh, do, you, do you think? Do you think they win game seven? I don't think we ever got an official prediction. I, I mean, I, I picked Boston to win the series. I think they've been the better team. So I'll, if my objective choice will be to say that Boston wins. But like I said, it's it's... it's a coin flip. It's going to come down to, you know, whether Frederick Anderson can keep having the puck bounce off him in the right way, whether the Bergeron line keeps hitting the post and missing the net every, every time they're out there. Be nice for the Bruins to get a little bit more secondary scoring. I mean, Rick Nash is, Oh man, I don't want to go down this road again, but every year. Every year we do this. I, see, the way I look at it is no matter how it ends, if the Leafs win, that means I ended up getting my prediction right, even though I kind of bailed on it once the suspension happened. And we can do the Rick Nash thing again where, yeah, he had 1.7 games, but, I mean, he was so good at both ends of the ice. Yeah, but, you oh. know, I've, I've done that. Like, I've been So one have I. So have I. But I don't feel like this year that's really the case. Like he, oh, no, he made a great play I'm to break up a chance this. in front last night. He's oh. had some chances, but I'm not watching this series like worried about Rick Nash. He's he's, You know how whenever somebody wants to make fun of Corsi, they're like, oh, yeah, great Corsi. Now, now that everyone knows about Corsi, guys are going to go out there and just shoot pucks from like way out just to make their Corsi look good. And you're like, that's so stupid. And then you watch Rick Nash for like 82 games and you're like, is that what he's doing? Because he takes a lot of shots from like the far boards that have no chance of ever going in. And he, and he shoots them short side from the left wing so the puck can't even kick back out in front. And I'm like, what, why, do you, why do you keep doing that? I don't understand that. But if the Bruins lose, you have that. If the Leafs lose, 
then we can start, you know, poking at Mike Babcock's record without Nick Lidstrom, and then that could be a fun thing. So either way, I'm 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 gonna be happy no matter what happens. But I would like to see your Leafs win. I want you to come in. I want you to come into this podcast next Tuesday. Well, by then they'll be down 2-0 in the second round. Exactly. Tampa. That's there, there's yeah. never going to be. No, there's not a good time for this. <laughs> they'll have they'll have lost down there in Tampa, and I'll be <laughs> mad about some other goaltending review. You were happy with the review last night, I take it. I mean, you, you want every goal taken off the board. You can't uh, kick a goalie's blocker and goal stick away from his legs and then shoot the puck through his legs. Like you just can't. Like that that one, I swear to God, if they overturned that, I would have just I would have I would have come in today. I would have just been like, you know what, that's it. I need a new career. I can't do this anymore because this is it, insane. The only way they wouldn't have overturned that is if they felt like the Leafs, I can't remember who it was, but the Leafs player was pushed, pushed. into the crease. Because yeah. you're right. It clearly it was that just, was in the crease. There's no way to get around that one. But they scored again. That was, you know, yes, in the other- you. you agree. There was no way for him to get around the goaltender because he was pushed <laughs> into the crease by the Bruins. Thank you yes. for agreeing. Uh, so, something happened too in the Caps game last night. There was a review, wasn't there? There was some sort of, oh, what the heck was it? There was something, I forget what it was, but it was in both games, I think there was a situation where they took a goal away and then right away the other team scored. So it was, or the, the team that should have scored, scored again right away. So it didn't really end up mattering, but yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I know you. We've been lucky so far. We've made it almost, almost through the first round without like a really bad review debacle. It's coming in Game Seven, isn't it? Well, you know what. Either way, it's going to make for good content. What do you like in the Penguin series? At five point one, it sounds like you're picking the Caps to win Game Seven. I'm picking the Caps in seven. Attaboy. Uh. And I, but I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. And I mean, we'll, we'll get in the West. We'll get in the West probably after the break, but can I just say this? Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about it. Everyone's talked about it and I'm, I'm not even saying anyone's wrong. I get the objections to the playoff format. I get that people are, are frustrated. They would like one versus eight or, you know, however, however you want to do it. But can we just acknowledge that the second round is shaping up to be it ridiculously be good. It shouldn't be, though. I saw someone say on Twitter, they were like, you know what? Usually the second round is anticlimactic, but it's great this year. But, like, you know what? The second round isn't supposed to be climactic. It's supposed to be the second round of four. The yeah. fourth round and the third round are supposed to be the climactic round. But then, I mean, people are saying, people are upset because the, the two best teams, you know, they say, wow, the two best teams are playing in the second round. First of all, no. Two of the five or six teams that might be the best team are playing like the, you know the fact that the jets had 114 points and the lightning had 113 doesn't tell us anything uh, but even then you know people even if you think those are the two best teams you know people are like hey the two best teams shouldn't be playing in the second round and you're like all right well what should we do and it's like well they should be playing in the third well no they should be playing in the stanley cup if you think they're the two best teams well but your proposed system doesn't have them playing in the stanley cup final then is that really yeah. You know, have we really gotten any better then? But the conference final is fine for that. And the thing, like, like look at it like this. I think the division final is fine. When you've got oh, this man. much Divisions. this much parity, this little to choose from at the top, if if the trade-off is that we get the matchups that we all want to see, but we get them a little bit earlier, I mean, hmm. I'll, I'll take it. I, I'll take, uh, you know, I'll take Pittsburgh-Washington in the second round and Tampa against either Toronto or Boston, which will both be great series versus having those crossover just so that we can, in theory, get something better in the Is in it, the conference final. If you're not going to go a full one six, either one sixteen or reseed in the final four, which is has always been my suggestion. Um, well, well, in the East, it's I think there's a little more parity, but in the West, if Winnipeg was playing either Vegas or San Jose, they'd win. If Nashville was playing either San Jose or Vegas, they'd win, and they would meet. Well, that, that's a guaranteed conference final. So now they're meeting in the division final, and by your logic, they're whoever wins this is going to win oh, for sure. against Vegas or San Jose in the conference final. So it's the same result. It's the same, you same, know, whoever the same wins thing this. Last year, too. Gonna... Penn's Caps was a cup final in the second round last year, I thought. But, you know, yeah. I don't know. The, I just the, the, the one downside, especially with out West, is – like, do Nashville and Winnipeg just beat each other's brains out for seven straight games while eh. Vegas and San Jose turns out to be a short series and, you know, whoever whoever wins in the in the Central just kind of has to crawl into the conference final and 
I stopped believing in that in the yeah, year right. the, the Kings beat the Rangers because the Kings won three straight seven-game series, and they just demolished. They didn't demolish the Rangers, but they won in five. They were fine. Their, their legs weren't. They, they played. I forget who it was. It was they went through Anaheim, San Jose, and somebody else, but they were like three just you know physical wars. Then they played the Rangers, and they were like, yeah, this is, this is our easy. They even said this was the easiest series we played the whole time, which I thought was kind of like a prickish kind of move but but think of it like this too imagine if you're nashville right you know you you've you play 82 games and you're the best team you're you've won the president's trophy you've earned you've you've gone through the regular season and got the thing you you want for the playoffs to be the number one seed and then in the second round you have to play the number two seed like it's it's stupid from that regard it's stupid if you're either the preds or the jets because in a way if you agree that they would beat get the teams out of the Pacific, you're throwing away millions of dollars in revenue because you're not going to play in the third round like you should. And that's that's going to be the thing that yeah. changes it. It's not going to be us complaining about the you quality of matchups. We've, it's been this way one way or another for forever. The, the NHL has never had... No, they used to recede good, all the time and then you could really avoid it. They that used is, to recede, but first of all, you, you, you recede, but you had the division champs could would get home ice. So you had situations like the Leafs playing the Hurricanes where the Leafs were 10 points better and the Hurricanes had home ice. Yeah. That, you know, and that, was, and that, was that wasn't great, but we lived with it. We used to have like, you know, this, the division set up and I know it was different when there's 21 teams, but it, like we used to get Edmonton and Calgary in the second round every year. And we knew that was probably the Stanley cup championship. Mm. But at the same time, we got Edmonton and Calgary every year and it was freaking great. And you know, people, people loved it. So uh, you know, even like even when there were only six teams and there were just four teams made the playoffs, and you're like, that you can't possibly screw that up. <laughs> one versus four, two versus three. That's easy, right? No, they did one versus three and two versus four for like decades. It's the dumbest league. <laughs> and so you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm with people who say there's probably a better way to do it. I'm fine if you want to go one through eight. I, like I say, I would love to reseed the final four so that you could get some of these rivalry matchups in the final. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm with everyone, but at the same time, I just, I can't get overly worked up about a system. That's not really any worse than what we've had in the past. And that delivers when it works, delivers some really fantastic matchups, even if they're a little earlier than we might want to see them. All right. Well, I know we promised the Sedins before the break, but we're we're over the first half hour mark, so we got to take a break. So we'll just get to the Sedins in the second half, along with uh, Bill Peters and the, and the matching suits in Calgary. We'll get to Chuck Fletcher. We'll get to some questions. I believe we've timed this out pretty well, and there's the other two series too. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get it all in. But um, yeah, I know I know we owe you some Sedins talk, but we'll get to that in the second half, and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, I don't know if it's because these series ended so long ago or if it's just because it's the Western Conference and it's the Pacific Division and I'm an Eastern biased media guy and I don't stay up late, but I'm sort of not super into the whole Vegas San Jose series. I don't know why. Like it's gonna be yeah. good. It's gonna be some skating, it's gonna be some scorn, it's gonna be some pockets. It's been too long. It's it's been right. It's like, like it's such like, a gap and it's like when Game of Thrones it's like it's like when Game of Thrones like goes off for a season and comes back two years later. I'm like, I kind of remember all these guys like Evander Kane. What team is he on again? Is he on Vegas? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Let's watch it. That's how it, that's how it feels to me. Yep. No, it's, it, it is a little tough to get excited for, uh, but it should, I mean, it should be a good series. Uh, it's, it's gonna, you know, the, the other problem is it's of the three series that we know, like two of them are amazing. And then this one is like, yeah, that, that, that should be good. It is the it is number four of the four, right? Because like whatever Tampa gets, whether it's Boston or Toronto, that's going to be a pretty good series. Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Washington is what it is, and then you have one versus two in the other series, and then it's just like, hey, it's that 
that plucky expansion team that's that keeps beating everybody and then it's like oh right san jose that team that always doesn't win the cup every year always always has 100 points always wins like a round always sucks you in and then you're not sure have we heard about joe thornton like is he back you know what's weird like he skated in pregame warm-ups before game one of that series and then like that was it like he went fishing or something i don't know i I have no idea what's up with him or malkin even at this point if he's going to be ready for game one there's a pencil right what was yeah, that? No, we don't. We don't know on Malkin either. But yeah, I mean, Thornton. You would have thought like it's been like five weeks since that series ended. You would have thought that they would be, <laughs> have heard something. But uh, I don't know. He'll he'll make the big. I am excited for whatever Vegas is going to do for their uh, opening game ceremony for round two. Here we go. I'm excited to see a knight fight <laughs> a shark at center ice. <laughs> That's going to be cool. Yeah, so the a left shark costume, right? Versus the yeah, yeah. I, I, I like. I liked that we are even before we had this matchup. We had the like the sharks are getting snippy on Twitter because the knights were skating out through a knight helmet, and they're like, "No, we skate through the the face of the thing that we are. That's our deal." So oh, God, rivalries. You know what's going to be terrible be is if San Jose wins and Winnipeg wins, and we got to relive the whole Wi-Fi thing again. Yep. Uh, any, any you know, what, you know what's going to be really terrible is that it's not like we're not even going to get to relive it in the sense of like firing up the rivalry. It's just going to be like the San Jose guys going like, no, we were just joking. We didn't mean it. And then Winnipeg, like Winnipeg people are too nice. And they'll be like, yeah, we we know we're not going to get too worked up and it's they'll like all be. Evander Kane like rolls back into Winnipeg and everyone's like, you know, Evander, Evander. And he's like, yeah, look, I know um, there's a lot of <laughs> lot of feelings coming back here. And, you know, I, I love my time here, but um, I'm with, no, 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 no. Tell us about the Wi-Fi in San Jose versus Winnipeg because you've now lived in both places. Yeah, oh. which is it? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, it's fine, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't what's know. your pick on the series? <sighs> I You know what? I'm going to pick Vegas. I, I just, I don't know why. I don't really have any strong feelings about either team. You know, it's just it, I, I, Vegas, I guess. I don't know. They should, Vegas, Vegas probably should not have won in four games against LA. They, that series was so close and just so terrible. But now they're, they're like, they, they're, they're going from playing a team that never wanted to skate and had one line. And now San Jose has a little bit of depth. They can skate. But yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I just think Vegas has a horseshoe up its butt this year, and well, they're just going to win. But, I mean, they, they did. They played well against the Kings. Oh, like, yeah, I mean, for that, sure. That was more like Jonathan Quick was just like standing on Like I've never seen a goalie steal a series where his team still got swept, but I feel like <laughs> Jonathan Quick managed to do that. So, I don't know. I'm taking San Jose partly just because I need a I need to pick an underdog, even though they're not Oh, you're really doing this again. An underdog. Yeah. Uh, but well, it's weird. Like we we we've made it through the first round, even though we've still got one game seven. We made it through the first round with no upsets, really, because I don't think San Jose beating Anaheim was no. an upset, and Toronto beating Boston, if it happens, wouldn't really be an upset. So, and, and you look at the te- the eight teams that are going to be left, and it's like, would any like is there any combination of where you'd look at it and go, yeah, that would be like San Jose, maybe the Pacific winner especially if it's San Jose beating the central winner. Yeah. Would feel like an upset, but I feel like that's it. Like other than that, we're going to get to the all the way to the final and every result is going to be like, yeah, that that sounds about right. I just can't wait for the Caps to beat the Penguins in 5 and then get swept by Tampa. That's going to be the best. That's going to be so fantastic. <laughs> just watching Caps fans try to like rationalize that in their mind. Well, we we took a step this year and and then we got crushed. So should you blow it up? No, no, no. Let's just keep throwing you know, these guys out. You here. know what I'm looking forward to, and I don't want to. I don't want to think too far ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to a Washington Tampa series that is just seven games of Nikita Kucherov doing that one breakaway move to Braden <laughs> Holtby over and over again until Holtby just, just snap, just like absolute psychological warfare on him. Game just, five, he just like, drops his gloves and leaves. Like, not this time. Not this time. He just starts laying Stay down up. in the crease so you can't go yeah. through him. And he's like, oh, no, no. He looks like he's doing it. Oh, God damn. Got me again. I just want to see that for for seven games. You like Nashville? I, I can't. I can't. Even though Nashville didn't look great against Colorado, they, they still almost won that series in five pretty comfortably anyway. Not comfortably because they were down a lot. and they, they, they But they were down one nothing to a team that they could come back on easily. But I just think, you know what? Like Winnipeg, 
I don't know, like my my stupid old brain still looks at things and says, well, Winnipeg hasn't won a playoff series in its existence. You don't just go from not doing that to suddenly beating the team everyone thinks is going to win the Stanley Cup in the second round. So this is like their, you know, that learning experience series for Shifley and for Line and all those guys. And Winnipeg Jets in their NHL history, both versions, have never won a game in the second round. Is that true? Wow, is, I didn't know that. Because they, they, they made it twice as the old Jets, and they got swept by the Oilers both times. Wow. Wow, I'm doing my own Wilson Weiss. Wow. Wow. I didn't realize that. Wow. Man. But I am picking the Winnipeg Jets. I picked them in seven. <gasps> wow. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my Dave Wow voice. Wow. Double loud. It's like a sigh. Uh, oh, why? But I hope, like, why? I, Tell me why. I feel like I'm I'm almost too excited for this series. Like, I feel like I'm building it up a little bit too much in my own mind, and it's going to end up being like five games. And... It could be. But it's been a weird postseason, man. I can see the Preds winning that series quickly. I can see the Jets. Actually, I can't see the Jets doing it. I'm still not. Again, I think we talked about this in the weeks and months leading up to. I'm still not sold on the Bruins and Jets and. I feel like the Bruins, I feel like if the Bruins even win in seven now, I'm like, yeah, see, like this is, they're not going to run over teams in the playoffs and the Jets are kind of the same thing. So I don't know. I just, I just think this is the Preds year and it just sucks that the Jets have to play them now instead of in the conference finals, even though you think it's fine. Okay. So we, so we, uh, we split on the West. We're on, on, we're, we're both on the caps and we we will have to defer on the atlantic because oh, I got we Tampa. don't know the matchup. You got Tampa way. against either whoever. Way. Either way, Tampa's going. All right, you know what? I'm going to pick whoever wins Toronto Boston to mm, beat Tampa. Really? Going there right into go. that series with no rest. Tampa's been hanging out. No rest. Out. All the momentum. Uncle Mo. You love Uncle yep. Mo. How do we do in the first round? I, I I feel like I'm like probably like 4 and 4 if Toronto wins. I the only one that I've missed in the first round was was the I had the Kings over the Knights. Yeah, I had that too. I got all the other ones, and I and I had Boston, so I'll be either six of eight or or seven of eight because I did I had Washington, Pittsburgh, and I had Winnipeg. I mean, the, those were just picking the top seats, but still, those are wins. You never know. Yeah, I'll take it. I had Tampa. So I'll tell you, I'm like Freddie Anderson. I don't don't I don't care nope. how how many puck hits you. What what are the what do the numbers say? Did it go in? No. All right, that's a save. I think maybe I'm. I could be six and two. Maybe I. I Philly and L.A. I took Anaheim on this podcast, but I didn't believe that. I just wanted to mix it up. San Jose was always my pick. San Jose's on my bracket. My bracket's what counts. I had San Jose. I had Nashville. I had Winnipeg. I had Tampa. Had Philly. I had Toronto. I had Philly. That one's yeah. I, I I committed hard to Philly. Dude, Philly. Philly lost that series in six. If they would have just gotten like like eight ninety four goaltending, they would have won that series in six. Like Dave Haxall could right. not have managed his goaltenders worse in that series. And I don't. I, I'm convinced. Like I, I get it. Peter Morazic wasn't great down the stretch, and he's Peter Morazic. But I mean, he's he got you there. Brian Elliott had him played in two months. He played two games in two months after core muscle surgery, which I don't know exactly what that is, but it sounds terrible. Core muscle surgery, like your it abdomen. feels like a muscle you would need. Yeah, for a goal as a goalie, that's like your center. And then Michael Neuvert. I mean, geez, I mean, I would have gone to Neuvert too, but I mean, at some point, did they just not want to give the Red Wings a higher pick by playing Mirazik a bunch of games? Is that was that why they held him out? Because I, 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 I don't know. I just I hate Dave Haxtell stinks. Playing Radko Good is so friggin' much. I don't know. But I don't want to. I'm not bitter about getting that series wrong or anything. I'm just you no, know, objectively, not objectively speaking. Not at all. But no. it was, you know, it was good. Could say it wasn't the 2012 version, but it wasn't bad as sequels ago. Sean Couturier is now like the big. Say he had the big breakout. He's right. now the the superstar of the playoffs, even though his leg doesn't work anymore. Yeah, he'll never be the same after this. But at least he had a hat trick in a game that Flyers lost in in a series they probably weren't going to win since they're goaltenders. Like, how do you leave it Neuvert for all those goals? I guess I just I, I, uh, one one day I'm gonna one day I'm gonna write about this. Playoffs have been weird. I mean, like pull your goalie. I, I don't want to get into this now because we have other stuff, but just if we all know in hockey, it's a race to three. Why are you waiting until your goalie gives up three goals all the time to pull him? The game is over pretty much at that point. Like, like I looked it up well, last yeah, night. Then, like and last there was night, even at the, that game in the, in the doubles series where like Corey Schneider get, started one of the games and he didn't look very good and he gave up a couple goals and then he gave up like a third goal. But then it was called back. Oh, the Conacher goal—that was like an offside goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the second and it was goal. Like, yeah, it's like 
when he gave up the goal, like they were showing like the backup on the bench and they were already kind of, and then the goal got waved off and everyone was like, Oh, okay. It never happened. But he still gave up the goal. Like you still, (laughs) right. You still saw that, right? Like that gives you information about, but I don't, yeah. The goaltending decisions were weird. This, this whole like playoffs. Like I think going into last night, 31 out of the 40 games, if you got the three, you won. And so, so now it's 32 out of 42. So like 75% of the time, once you score three goals, it's over. So if you're goalie, like with the, with the Corey Schneider one, like they just pulled Keith Kincaid, so they weren't going to go back to him at that point. I get that. But like if you're the Flyers and all your goalies are the same, treat them like uh, treat them like pitchers in, in postseason baseball, where if he doesn't have it, you just go right to your bullpen. And it's hockey. You can go, you can, you can switch goalies all game. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. So Bill Peters. My, my yeah, speaking of speaking of uh, speaking of goaltending, odd coaching decisions by teams. By the way, how, how long do you, how long do you think he was eyeball on that job? Because he, he, I feel like he has intimate knowledge of the Flames that like even like the Flames don't have. He's ready. Yeah. He, he's been eyeing that thing for months. I still don't understand this entire story. Like I, I didn't understand when. Like clearly now, I, I think we we talked about it at the time where it was like reported that Bill Peters had this out clause in his contract. And it was kind of reported in a way like as if that was important. And, and I mean, I, at least I was like, well, yeah, maybe he does, but he's not going to, he hasn't made the playoffs in four years. He's not going to exercise an out clause. Uh-huh. But now I wonder if there was a little bit of like, Hey, wink nudge. This is, this is where this might be headed. And that's why we need to get this out there. Mm-hmm. Cause clearly, clearly he was the flames guy. The Flames said they didn't talk to anyone else. I guess you just see four years without a playoff spot and you think, got to jump on that. He fits right into our culture. <laughs> got to grab that. <laughs> uh, and and so. it was so quick too. Like, it's not like he went around and like talked to Dallas and talked to the Rangers. No, it was just, yeah, he didn't talk to anyone else either. No. He just, he, he opted out and, <laughs> and I loved his statement where he's like, oh, the, the Hurricanes deserve to hire a new coach. Like, oh yeah, you're, Thanks. how nice of you Thanks, to be thinking of them. <laughs> the sport is so stupid. Like, you know what it's like? It's like it's like in baseball where um I think it was Ian Kennedy on the Royals. He signed like a five year, sixty million dollar deal and his first year of the contract, he was really good. And then after his second year, he had an out clause where he could become a free agent again and he was terrible. And like during the season they were like, Hey Ian, you gonna opt out of your contract? And he's like, What are you insane? My ERA is like seven. Who's gonna sign me for this money that I have left? I'm not going anywhere. But not in hockey. Yeah. Bill Peters is like, Hey, who wants this? And everyone's like, Ooh, ooh, me, me, me. Oh man, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean, I know he's a local guy in Calgary and he's, you know, he's a good coach. He did, did he win a Memorial Cup? Like he, he went yeah. to one. He was, he was a good coach in junior. So, and you know, I mean, every coach looks bad when the goaltending's terrible and, and it obviously was in Carolina, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was a little, a little surprised, but yeah, now we get to find out who Carolina's going to try to hire for eight dollars an hour to come be, be their coach i guess everyone's saying it's going to be rod brindamore that seems to be the thing once again crazy coincidence <laughs> the best person for the job is going to be somebody who now brindamore had been the assistant there for for years so i mean it's not that that it's it's maybe not as bad as some of the other examples but yeah it's so still, so still, weird still it is kind of weird how it how it works out like that was kevin was kevin the panther was, did Kevin Deneed ever play for the Panthers? I forget. I know he was. I feel like Kevin Deneed was very. He, if he didn't, he should have. Right. He feels like he, he should have been a Panther. Like the, the prototypical Florida Panther, whether <laughs> he actually played there or not. But uh, yeah. And then the other opening is Minnesota. Yeah. Like if you had told me going into the offseason that the first coach hired would be Bill Peters and the first GM fired would be Chuck Fletcher. I don't know what that exact it would have paid off at if you had bet like 10 bucks on it, but I assume you could retire and like buy an island because it's not that like those guys, like Chuck Fletcher, <sighs> you know, I, I, I get the argument where it's like, look how many playoff trips in a row he's made. And I think like Minnesota, I think was eighth in the standings this year and they go into the playoffs and they don't have Ryan Suter and they lose Zach Parise and they probably weren't going to win that series anyway, but I, like I think that firing makes sense because they're at a point. Yeah. There are so many teams at, at points now where you kind of have to blow it up, and I think you yeah. want to have someone new come in and do it. And, and and the thing is, it's not the decision shouldn't be about is this fair to the GM. It's you're not actually evaluating 
the GM himself and saying like, is this, should he stay or should he go? It, it, it's a bigger picture. Like what direction is this team headed? And do we have the right guy to put us where we need to be? Or are we just following down the same path? And, you know, yeah, I mean, Minnesota, lots of teams would trade recent track records with the Minnesota wild, but have the wild given you any indication that they're going to be more than a team that gets right around a hundred points and goes out in the first round next year or the year beyond or the year after that. And if not, do you just keep coming back and doing the same thing you've been doing for nine years? Or do you take the chance of going in a different direction? It's just, it's just so funny though. Like what the Oilers look at Peachy rally and they're like, you know what? <laughs> we, we love the job you're doing here. Yeah. And, and Minnesota's like, you well, know st- what? Somebody pointed out Minnesota no. and Carolina have both, fire the GM. Neither neither one technically fired a GM, but, but right. both of them have, have decided to change GMs. But as of right now, the bottom 10 teams from the standings last year are all bringing back their same GM. Nobody from the bottom 10 has been fired. Is that true for the coaches? Too? Oh, I guess. Oh, no. The uh, Rangers the, probably sank. Into the coaches, spot. the Rangers were in the bottom 10. Yeah, Carolina probably wasn't that far. But yeah, it's just... And Carolina was 11th, so Carolina would have was was nearly in there, but... Uh, what a league. Yeah, even, even you know, Buffalo's bringing everyone back. Ottawa so far is. I mean, Guy Boucher certainly doesn't sound like he's... He, he, he sounds like he's on shaky ground. Arizona, Montreal, Detroit, Vancouver, Chicago, Edmonton, <laughs> Islanders all bringing everyone back and... The Rangers changed coaches. Like at least seven of those teams need to do something, and they're just like, eh. I also don't get like in football. Like, what happens in football? The week seventeen ends Monday morning. There's like blood everywhere. There's just you know yeah. coaches' heads are rolling in the street. And hockey, it's like, well, let's wait. Let's wait until the second round of the yeah. playoffs start. Like, what? Do, what do you? What do you? What do you evaluate? What for, do you for, for a lot of these, yeah, it's 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 weird. Like, I mean, Ottawa, like, oh, you know, we're gonna evaluate you. You were out of. <laughs> playoffs in january <laughs> what evaluation are you going to do it's bizarre in the weeks after the season that you haven't been doing for the last like the three bl- months the blackhawks don't want to evaluate the sod panarin trade it's too soon it's been a year oh let's hold off let's not let's not sink our teeth into that too soon really because it looks like you kind of you lost that trade no well you know we need to evaluate uh, gms love oh yeah just every that's every GM. Just give me give me another year to just I'm just working through every every GM is like some like 21 year old back living with his parents who's like I just just give me one year I'm gonna get it all sorted out. Just gotta figure a few things out. I just need an extension. Can I just you know I know the paper was due a year ago, but can I just get some more time to just you know a little more research I want to put into it to make sure it's it's where I need it to be. Uh, you you graduated from here like four years ago. Why are you still Why are you still talking to me about this paper? I don't want to hear about it. Ah uh, man, and and again, this is my favorite thing too. Is now that there's these GM openings, we're going to hear about you know the AGM from you know the Predators or Paul the Jets. Fenton. Yeah, it's Paul always- Fenton has been the runner up for every GM job. But but like I just hate I just hate how we don't know. If that guy is going to be good, but we just assume a guy who, you know, like a uh, Botterill, like a guy who comes from a good organization yep. is always going to be good. But like, you don't know, you know, maybe Jason Botterill's in there going, we got to trade Sid. And they're like, uh, Jason, shut the hell up. We're tired of you with your trade Sid <laughs> thing. We're not doing that. You don't know because he's not, his so, name is yeah. on the decisions. No, yeah. That's but, true. You don't know. And right. it's, uh, but yeah, it's the same guy. I mean, I'm convinced, especially when it comes to coaching, like half of it is just having people in the media who can put your name out there. Yeah. Like, I can't remember who it was. There was somebody the other day where I saw, like, somebody just tweeted out, and it was like, yeah, you know, a few names. Uh, you know, they haven't made any decisions on the coaching, but keep an eye out. And then they just mentioned some name where you're like, what? Okay, <laughs> I haven't heard that name in four years. Like, they're not looking at him. Was it Dragger? I don't think so. Mm. I don't think it was. That was my guess. But, okay. yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. But other than that, if you're a bottom 10 team, stay the course. Just keep doing what you're doing. It'll eventually randomly turn out working. for you. Uh, you wanted to talk about the the, the player safety videos where I felt yeah. like they didn't really show me anything, but you have you have I, thoughts. I, mean, me- I feel like we should mention this only because we've kind of 
been saying they should do something like this and and when they do i i guess we should acknowledge it but yeah the department of player safety put out on friday i guess uh suspension well a, a video explaining the difference the difference between yeah. some of the hits that they suspended for in the first round versus some of the ones they didn't like for example a lot of people myself included were trying to figure out why drew doughty got a game when was it ryan johansson in the nashville series johansson hit barry yeah Vatanen that was a hit uh or kucherov hit Vatanen, and the other one was obvious the the ryan hartman one that was yeah. Didn't so why are so and and so they did they put like this four or five minute video together where they're like broke each hit down and they're like here's what we saw here's what was different from one to the other and you know I don't think anyone's going to watch that video and walk away going okay now I agree with everything Department of Player Safety does I think if you're a Kings fan it's not like you're going to walk away going okay yeah Drew Doughty deserved a game and, and I'm happy but it I think it does offer some clarity and it does you know especially when people look at you know, you hear this all the time on on suspensions where people go, well, how come the exact same play gets treated differently? And I thought this was a good attempt to break down and say, this is why it's not the exact same play. And this is why we treat it differently. Even if, you know, I, I'm, I, like I say, I don't think anyone watches that video and then goes, okay, case closed. I, I completely get it. I think I'm a little closer to getting it. I... I'll say my piece and then you can say whatever you want and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk to the readers but the thing with the Vatanen hit or the thing with the hits in general they seem to be really focused on how much the head snaps yeah very focused on and that's and, and in what direction right. and, and and I understand the logic behind it because if you get hit in the head really hard and you're not expecting it your head's going to move but I mean the the head does not need to snap really hard for it to be the main point of contact. And with the Vatanen hit, I go back to the Vatanen hit where it's it's the exact same hit as Drew Doughty. You know, he's coming from the side, he catches some shoulder going through, and then Vatanen winds up with a concussion. And he ends up with a concussion with his head not really snapping. He ends up with a concussion with his head not bouncing off the ice. So where did the concussion come from? How did he get a concussion? I mean, is, is his shoulder completely hollow where it just all the force went through the shoulder and into his brain, but his head didn't move? So how did he get the concussion? Like that's to me, like if you're if you're splitting hairs like that, you're you're just you're just looking for ways to not suspend guys. The head can be like in, in boxing, like how many times do you see a guy get hit right on the button and he's out cold and his head really doesn't move all that much. Like he's he gets hit unexpectedly and he goes down and he's got a brain injury because he got hit in the head and that's what happened. I thought to that and and also this the, the, that same kind of hit happened in the Predators Avalanche last game. I think I forget who it was, but like Subban got hit like that and it was the same exact thing where yeah the guy goes through his shoulder, but clearly Subban got hit in the head. He's dazed. He's kind of slow to get up. He's fine, but. You're never going to hear about that hit. Like that hit will not be talked about for a suspension, even though it's the same as the other three. But that's the end of my rant. Yeah. No, I I hear you. I mean, I I think at the end of the day, the video, and you know, I hope they do more of them. I hope that this becomes a regular thing. I think the video helps us understand why certain hits are treated differently. I don't think it necessarily convinces us that they should be treated that way. But but here's the other thing. Did you notice at the very end of the video, I thought this was kind of weird. They, like there was this weird like addendum at the end where the guy goes, and by the way, remember that the Department of Player Safety can only make its decisions based on what the rule book says. Yeah. Which was like this kind of like, like, right. hey, by the way, like, I know. It seemed like a weird thing to, to, to add in there because it, you know, kind of made me feel like that was them almost taking a little dig at the way the rules are written and basically saying, like, look, we don't necessarily probably. think it's the rule is is right, but we're just calling what they put in front of us. So it probably was. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Which just kind of which is fun. Politically struck me as kind of an interesting thing to sneak in to the end of your uh, yeah. end of your video. Nice. Um, we got some time for a couple of the reader questions. I know you had one that was uh, draft lottery related, and I know you love the draft lottery as a Leafs fan. Well, there's a few, yeah. Like people are people want to know, like what's the uh, where's it? Oh yeah, Reed Reed Logan wants to know what would be the funniest results of this Saturday's draft lottery. We'll get we'll get Dave's take on this because my my annual draft lottery power rankings piece is coming out. Pro well, it'll be out by the time. <laughs> 
you've read this on Sportsnet. So that's where I break down the conspiracy theories, the chaos theory, the funniest results. But what, like, what, what are you as somebody who just wants to watch the world burn? What are you hoping happens on Saturday? Well, there's a lot of ways to go. Usually it's just like LOL Edmonton, which I think is the way I want it to go. I want people because, because like back when Edmonton was winning the lottery every year, it was like, ah, they're going to screw it up. Who cares? And then they got McDavid and then it was like, hang on, we should probably change the rules of the lottery. So you can't yeah. win it every year. And now they still didn't. Yeah, they, they shouldn't. I, I'm, and then, I, I, and then if Edmonton wins this year, they'll change it. But by that point, Edmonton will be good and it'll be some other team that gets screwed. Edmonton's going to make people mad because now they're bad because Chirelli screwed everything up and now they're going to get gifted an elite defenseman based yeah, on a lot of which is no the one's exact want that. piece that they need exactly. like that is literally the last missing piece to turn that into <laughs> a juggernaut and they're gonna it's gonna fall into their laps i feel like that's a good one the one that i'm looking forward to that i'm kind of hoping for is for the islanders to win the lottery with calgary's pick mm. because that's never happened we've never seen a team win the lottery with someone else's pick and and it probably like this may be our last chance because teams are protecting everybody's protecting lottery protecting picks now even i remember like even the jets did it when they traded for for stasny even though they were like already 20 points clear of the playoffs they still put lottery protection on that pick so i think that's going to become pretty standard so this is our our one chance even though it's only like i think it's a I, I think the islanders odds are two 2.5 for for their own pick and 3.5 for calgary so it's pretty, pretty narrow. But here's my thing. Is like the NHL better split out Calgary and New York's like ping pong balls. They, they, they better not just combine it and give the Islanders like 6%. Because wouldn't that feel like an NHL thing to do? So that if the yeah. Islanders did win the lottery, the NHL wouldn't tell us whether it was their number or Calgary's like to save embarrassment or whatever no they couldn't hide that right they have because they, they have like the cards with the logos on them so they, they'd have to all right yeah, right so yeah. you have you have two cards that say islanders oh, right. on them but like wouldn't one say like via cgi or something they, it should but would it like doesn't this feel like it a very nhl it thing remember does. when they weren't gonna like they weren't gonna put the protected lists out and everything because it was just like no let's just oh i forgot about islanders that. get two cards and six <laughs> percent chance and we're just gonna pretend like we don't know where one of them came from. I could totally see the NHL doing that. I don't know. I think for bookkeeping purposes, they would have to let everybody know. that. The, you're right, though. That does feel like a very NHL thing to, to hide that, so to, to avoid embarrassment for the GMs, because that is why the NHL exists, is to avoid g- embarrassment that's for general all, managers. That's, exactly. That's all. Is I'm preemptively, I'm already preemptively angry about something the NHL might do, can't and be, that they probably, that, that won't even influence anything, because... Again, there's a 94% chance this won't matter, but still, mm. got, still bothers me. Yeah, one more, and then we'll, we'll 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 go about our week so you can prepare for the inevitability of what's going to happen in Game Seven. Sure. What do you, you got? One or um oh, so, I, no, I like this one here. I'll, I'll throw this one out there. Andrew K, who has a big Senators logo as his. This oh. is Twitter picture. So he's that's our audience. He's having a rough time. Let's yeah, exactly. If the playoffs went by NBA street rules, this is referring to the old video game, which was oh amazing. I think I I think I saw this question. Yeah, yeah. The winning team claims a player from the team they just beat. Which winning team improved the most after round one? Yeah, that was like that was that was like a total thing growing up when you play street basketball. Like if you lose and there's two guys who have next, they pick up three dudes, and you're like, oh, take me, take me. So who would, which team, which which of the seven teams that's through, improve the most? But they can only take one guy. You got one guy. Like I feel like, like my instinct is to say Nashville getting McKinnon. Yeah, so Nashville Pro- would get McKinnon. Tampa would Nashville get gets Hall. McKinnon. But then the you know the the Knights would get who Doughty probably take Doughty take Doughty for sure. The Caps the Caps would take. San Jose would pass. <laughs> Caps, I mean, Caps probably take, do you take Poprovsky and just throw him into your goaltending mix? No, he wasn't all that good they, either, but Seth Jones maybe. Full, oh, yeah, you know, that's what they would do. They would take Jones or Wawrinski. Um Yeah, I, they're just, there's. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh takes Claude Giroux and. 
forces him, probably benches him just to infuriate <laughs> Flyer fans. And Tampa hits Taylor Hall and puts him on the fourth line, and Taylor Hall is confused and doesn't know what to do when there's other good hockey players around him. Boy, did I, that was the one series I called perfectly. Taylor Hall just carries in the one game, does everything for them, and they lose in five. There's just there's no, no getting around that one. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I like it. Well, it's that time where we have to say goodbye, where we have to depart for for a week which is good though i like that i like how this worked out where we can stick to tuesdays because tuesday this week ended up being perfect so now next week we can come back on the regular day no need to wait around an extra day and search for us um we've already i believe we've 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 sold our content online already during the podcast i have i have touted the capitals on vice sports and you are going to do your drafting on sportsnet and uh Mm -hmm. that's good we went went a little long today but i think it was worth it we had a ton to cover but i think we got to all of it i'm looking down my list and yeah we got to, we got to all the important stuff we had everything Good so uh, so yeah thanks for thanks for uh thanks for reading we'll come back next week and uh, we'll see you then bye bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.